Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from Idaho, from Idaho Falls, Idaho. And we had our first snow, um, so weather is definitely changing. I love the change of seasons. And today I'm super excited to have Dr. Paul Merrick back on our podcast. If you remember back a few months ago, I was actually in Idaho Falls um, when we did that podcast. Um, we had him and Dr. Um, Apter and Dr. Bowden um, on our show talking about their a lawsuit against the FDA um, when it comes to um, doctors and making choices for their patients and the FDA get involved. So check that episode out. It's on our YouTube channel, the Mosley Professional Pharmacy YouTube channel. Um, and today, what we're going to talk about with Dr. Merrick during that discussion, that last podcast, we were discussing his health journey and how he was able to you know, lose weight, get healthy, and get off a lot of his medications. And you know that... Uh, at our, if you follow health solutions at all, we talk about that a lot. I mean, Janet and I are two pharmacists that don't believe in most medications to treat most long-term disease. Uh, most of these diseases are lifestyle related, whether it's type 2 diabetes, whether it's um, high blood pressure, whether it's high cholesterol. Um, and you, if you change your lifestyle, you can get off those medications. So um, without further ado, Dr. Merrick, welcome to our show. Thanks. Thank you for thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you're you're very busy. You've been to three conferences over the last three weeks, and um, you know you are the leader of the FLCCC. Um, and I thank you for doing that. I know that you have a lot of arrows on your back, and you have been, you know, just beat up a lot over that. And in reality, you fought for a lot of patients. And so, thank you for doing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your health journey. How how did it start? What kind of you know you know disease states and medications did you go on, and then how did you get off of them? Yeah, so you know it's difficult to know where to start. But basically, what I learned is everything I was taught at medical school was a lie and was not true. And so what I've had to do is unlearn whatever I learned at medical school. You know. The, the approach of medical school is to treat symptoms with drugs rather than to treat diseases and to cure diseases. You know, that they want you to be um, dependent on medications for the rest of your life. And I suppose my this journey for me personally started off when I uh, began looking at interventions for the treatment of the vaccine injured. Uh, I suppose that's really what triggered this personal journey for me. And, you know, I came across the idea of intermittent fasting. You know, I read the book by Jason Fung and realized really how potent an intervention this really is. And then I started reading about, you know, metabolomics. There's an excellent book by Robert Lustig called Metabolomics. And then I read the book uh, by Tim Noakes who was uh, basically put on trial for suggesting that a uh, low-carb, high-fat diet had health benefits. And so, you know, I realized that much of what we've been taught is a lie, just the same way as big pharma and industry controls, uh, the, you know, medical schools and uh, big pharma, so does, um, you know, the food industry and the big 
food uh, consortiums control what we eat, how we eat, and the USDA food pyramid is a complete fabrication. It's false and is completely upside down. So my story was um, I've been a type 2 diabetic for maybe over 25 years. I've had hypertension. I was on a PPI for reflux. And obviously all of, you know, I thought I was committed to be a diabetic forever and to take those medications forever. And um, that's obviously a big lie because um, type 2 diabetes is a treatable disease. It's caused by insulin resistance, which is really caused by our lifestyle. And it's likely that sugar and carbohydrates kill more people on in this country than smoking ever did. Uh, it, it's a profound toxin. And, um, you know, obviously most people do not eat food, you know, real food. They eat processed food, which is not food. Uh, it's highly processed, high in carbohydrates, uh, and high in um, processed vegetable oils. Um, and this whole thing is a complete and utter scam and a lie. Then there's the cholesterol statin lie. So, you know, we told saturated fats are bad. Actually, saturated fats are quite good for you. What's bad for you is carbohydrates. So it's a, a complete opposite of what we told. Um, so whenever something is, um, you know, low fat, that means it's high in carb. And that's the last thing you ever want to eat. So basically what I did, it was pretty simple. You know, I tried to lose weight before, but the traditional way of dieting, which is exercise more, eat less, just simply doesn't work because it's not based on human physiology. And the whole concept is profoundly flawed. And that's why almost 90% of people who try lose weight by this mechanism within, you know, six to 12 months will regress back to the mean and where they started. So I tried and failed. And, you know, all I did was really two simple interventions. I started intermittent fasting because that's the way the body is designed. Yeah. We're not designed to eat all the time. And at the beginning, it was a little bit difficult. But like most things in life, the more you do it, the better you get. And with practice, you get really good at doing it. So I had an eating window of about four to six hours, mm -hmm. you know, from 12 to six uh, and then with time, I was able to narrow that window to the point now where I eat once a day. And the remarkable thing is I don't get hungry. And the problem is with insulin resistance, it creates this vicious cycle where you're insulin resistant, which blocks the effect of leptin on your brain, makes you hungry. If you're hungry, you more, eat more carbs and more sugar, which causes more insulin resistance. So it becomes a vicious cycle. As soon as you break the cycle, you lose your appetite. So, you know, I can go actually 36, 48 hours without eating and not be hungry. Uh, so it has to do with breaking insulin resistance uh, and also the effect of ketosis. So I did two simple things. As I said, I did intermittent fasting and then I changed my diet from processed food to real food. And it's quite simple to tell the difference. If it looks like food, <laughs> it's likely food. If it comes in a box or has a label or is processed in a bag, 
It's not real food. So I already did those two things. And within six weeks, actually, I was off all my diabetic medication. I'd stopped my PPI. I had stopped my blood pressure meds. So, you know, I, I had been condemned to a life of type 2 diabetes and medication forever. And just by changing my lifestyle, you know, I was able to reverse my type 2 diabetes, hypertension. Uh, I lost 40 pounds, by the way, and I did that really without even trying. Um, so this is not a difficult journey. It's just common sense. It's the way the body was designed. You know, we, we've been fooled by big pharma, by big food, by uh, agencies, by the federal government into this um, this myth. And so, you know, people need to empower themselves. They need to take control of their life, um, the way they eat, how they eat, where they eat, and to realize that the agencies and the government are not interested in promoting health and well-being. That's not what they're interested in. They're interested in making money, making money through selling you expensive drugs for which you're addicted to for life, and uh, selling you unhealthy foods that just perpetuate the problem. So, you know, these competing cycles. And um, that's a, the unfortunate story. At medical school, they don't teach you, to, they don't teach you lifestyle changes which promote health. They basically focus on symptomatic treatment of disease with medication. Uh, and that's that's it's a really sad story. Um, it is, it really is. And I, I mean, I would tell you, Doctor Merrick, thank you for that. Um, in the last ten minutes, you basically just summed up the last three years of our of our podcast because um, we've been preaching this for a long time. And even before we started the prod podcast, you know, my wife and I are, you know, we're two pharmacists that don't believe in medications to treat long term disease. I mean, that's very powerful, and we have tried to tell people that yes, type two diabetes, you are not, it's reversible. Um, there's no reason you have to be on medications. And one of the best ways to, you know, show that you can reverse type two diabetes is through fasting. Um, I know, I know one of my, um, the doctor that I work with, one of the things that he does with his type two diabetics, you know, he's very careful with them. If there are medications that can cause hypoglycemia, but he says, if you want to see if you can reverse your type two diabetes, just fast for 48 hours. Fast for 48 hours and see what happens to your blood glucose. It goes down. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 that easy. So that proves that right there. That's an easy one to prove that it's, that it's reversible. Um, and, and you said it. One of the goals of our podcast is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. If there's anything we can get out of the last three years, that's what's happened in our healthcare system is – we have to be in charge of our own health. We have to, we, we can't trust any government agency. We can't trust anybody but ourselves to take care of our health. And we can use healthcare professionals to help educate us. But ultimately, we are in charge of our own health. What we put in our mouth, on the drugs we have to take or don't have to take, um, that is ultimately up to us. So, um, you know, thank you for being a role model. That's one of the problems I think that we have in healthcare is, a lot of the doctors aren't good role models when it comes to, um, you know, fixing health instead of just treating symptoms. Yeah. So big, big brother's not looking after you. You have to take control yourself. And, you know, there's a lot 
people can do. You know, I think first is knowledge. Knowledge is power. And if you understand what's going on and uh, educate yourself, then you can make decisions that are rational and that are based on improving your own health and lifestyle and quality of life. Because these agencies are corrupt. There's no question of doubt that they are corrupt, they're fraudulent, and what they have done is is a crime. Uh, but that's the way they operate. And so you, you have to realize that these agencies and the federal government and all these, the medical schools are controlled. The NIH controls the medical schools. They control the curriculum. They control research. The medical journals are completely captured. The medical journals are captured by industry and the drug industry and uh, big pharma. So, you know, you have, there's this awakening, this this enlightenment. And with that comes, you know, um, lifestyle changes which can empower you. You know, just going for a walk outdoors, getting sunshine. You know, sunshine has such enormous curative powers. Who would have thought about this? And there's really good data just that being in the sun. So, in fact, in the 1918 influenza pandemic, there was something called the open-air approach. And basically, they took people from the hospital beds, put them in the sunshine. And there was a really very interesting report by the Surgeon General of Massachusetts written in 1918 And basically, by just putting people in the sun, they reduced the hospital mortality from something like 40% to 12%, just by putting people in the sun. So, you know, there's some very, I mean, mean, what's more natural than that? Nobody can charge you. They can't make money out of this. There's no way that they can capture you. You, you. They can't stop you exposing yourself to sun. And so you can see that there's simple interventions that you can do that can enhance your health. Well, and you kind of hit on it early on when you were talking earlier, when you're talking about our bodies weren't designed to eat all the time. I mean, if you think about what we did, you know, a thousand years ago, um, we didn't have, you know, 24 seven access to food, which most Americans now, I mean, when we get home, our pantry and our freezers are full of, and fridges are full of food. We have basically an unlimited food source. Well, a thousand years ago, you know, you talk about fasting for 36 to 48 hours. That's what hunters and gatherers did. I mean, you would go on a, go on a big hunt. You would eat, you wouldn't have something, you know, you would eat fat, you would, you know, feast. And then you would have food possibly besides maybe a little bit of stuff from gathering, you know, like some plants or something, um, berries or whatever. But um, you wouldn't have a big meal for another 48 hours when you had another hunt. So our bodies were designed to fast regularly. And that's one of the reasons we store fat so well (laughs) is it's an energy source. And if we have too much food, we store too much fat. So our bodies are incredibly resilient when it comes to being able to fast and built that way. Yeah. And the other thing is the the human body has enormous powers of self-healing and self-generation and self-curing. And, you know, it's been quite clear with COVID and the consequences of the vaccine that 
What one really needs to do is enhance and potentiate the ability of the of the body and the host to cure themselves. You know, there are these, you know, very important cellular and host mechanisms that are self-healing. So rather than taking medications, what you need to do is, you know, uh, stimulate or activate these processes of self-healing. It sounds absurd, but that's what the body does. Um, You know, as you said, we were hunters and gatherers and we we didn't spend all that time indoors under fluorescent lights. You know, we were outdoors hunting and gathering and doing whatever we do. You know, now, particularly with all these stupid lockdowns, kids are, you know, imprisoned indoors. They don't see sun. They don't get any exercise. And, you know, that's not the way we were made. No, and when you when you look at, you know, um, what our bodies, what we did thousands of years ago um, to be outside and to, um, you know, to hunt and gather and to fast. And when you look at also the sleep routine, we were we were di- we're, we're diurnal creatures. We were created to work during the day, hunt, gather and sleep at night. And when you talk about the body, you know, um, responds and the body recovers, we need to do that when we sleep. And that's when we get stronger. That's when we, our, our immune systems get stronger. Um, and we've been fighting viruses like that, viruses and bacteria and all kinds of other things, cancers for thousands and thousands of years. And it's really not until the last 50 or 70 years where, you know, autoimmune diseases and, um, other things have popped up partly because of our lifestyle, you know, our lack of sleep, our, our poor diets, um, all that stuff. Our bodies were, were not designed to, to be treated like that. Yeah. I mean, what you say about sleep is so important. I mean, sleep is a time for the body to recover most importantly for the brain to recover. And so one of the worst things you could do is have a meal, just a big meal before you go to sleep. That's probably one of the worst things you could do because it doesn't allow so there's a, this thing called autophagy or autophagy in which the cell basically clears itself out of damaged, misfolded, and foreign proteins. But if you – and the, the brain is very important in doing that when you're sleeping. But if you eat before you go to bed, you actually switch that process off. You uh, eliminate or you reduce you know, sleep-induced autophagy or autophagy which is very important for, for brain healing and brain recovery. So, you know, it's just a matter of developing, um, you know, simple lifestyle changes that can enhance your, your, your health. And, you know, it, they need to be simple. They're inexpensive. You can adapt it to your lifestyle. These are not difficult things to do. And obviously clearing out your pantry is important. You know, if you just look what's in the pantry, if it's in a box or in a bag, has labels on it, it's probably not real food. You want to put it in the garbage can, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't even donate it to someone because that's really not fair. I would, I would just empty your pantry of things that do not look like food. And you know, one thing that we like to say is that if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. 
And, and in general, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there are ways that we preserved food for thousands of years with salt and stuff. But in general, if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. If bacteria and fungus won't grow on it, do you think it's going to be good for us? I mean, seriously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, real food. So speaking of on the same topic, next week, Janet and I, we will be traveling to Arkansas. We're super excited to see Dr. Amy Beard um, and visit her. We're going to have a live podcast um, in Arkansas with her. And, and our topic is going to be, she's a functional medicine doctor, and our topic is going to be nature therapy and how important nature therapy is, getting outside and, um, you know, enjoying nature. There are so many things that happen. And, uh, you know, with the sunlight, we all know about vitamin D, but it's so much more than that. I mean, there are neurotransmitters and hormones that are stimulated when we are outside. Most of the things we probably don't know what happens, but we just know that it's healthy for us. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, vitamin D is part of it, but there's something called photobiomodulation. So what you may not know is 40% of the sun's radiation is actually infrared light and infrared light penetrates near infrared about, I don't know, 20 centimeters into the body. It actually uh, has enormous physiological benefits in terms of proteins called heat shock proteins in terms of directly activating mitochondria in terms of healing. So, you know, while vitamin D is important, that's the ultraviolet light, the infrared, in, which is part of the, the sun's brilliant radiation is really important for, for healing, for promoting health. So um, that's something people don't really know. That is that. Thank you for that. I, I, um, I'm not surprised, but I didn't know the detail of that. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So we do have a question. Um, if you want to answer a question and sure. you're, it's on hormones and Janet and I specialize in hormones. So if you want to defer the question to me, you're, you're welcome to. Um, yeah, I can try. I'm not an endocrinologist. <laughs> right. So no Dar Darcy Poland, thank you for your comment. She says, I hate to be taking thyroid and progesterone hormone daily. Is there hope to get off these? What can I do to get off these? Yeah, so that's a little bit more of a complicated question. You know, if a patient is hypothyroidic, uh, there may be a number of reasons that is happening. So, you know, what I would say is, you know, first thing is adopt a healthy lifestyle. So, you know, exercise, sunshine, and intermittent fasting, and good food. And then see what happens to your your hormone levels. You know, if if you have a reversible problem like I did, you know, I was insulin resistant. My insulin resistance has dramatically improved. So if you go down this path, you know, it may improve thyroid function. It may improve ovarian function. So you may become less dependent on these exogenous hormones. You know, obviously, I would be careful. I wouldn't just stop them, you know, because, you know, that, that can cause, you know, issues. But, you know, the goal would be to adopt healthy lifestyle changes and then allow you to um, wean yourself off these medications. And, you know, obviously, you have to be careful what physician or, or practitioner you go and see because most medical doctors are completely clueless. So you really need to see a physician that has an interest in, you know, uh, a more open approach, yeah. you know, who, who believes in, you know, natural therapies and 
uh, is more open to holistic, you know, medication. So, they, I mean, you know, one has to be realistic that there is a role for certain of these medications. But, you know, we see patients taking 12, 16, 20 medications, which is completely absurd. So I think, you know, the first thing is adopt a healthy lifestyle, get enough exercise, get enough sunshine, and then, you know, see if you can, you know, monitor your levels and see if you can get off these drugs. I I think that's a great answer. And I will um, echo that, but also add a little bit to it. Um, You know, Janet and I, we, we, specialize in in hormone replacement so we we um, deal with hormone patients all over the nation and i have seen people that change their lifestyle i'll i'll specifically speak about men younger men um you know when their testosterone should be optimal um and it's not they change their lifestyle and they can raise their testosterone levels by 200 points so um, you can do the same thing with many other hormones, whether it be thyroid or whether it be your ovarian hormones. Although as we age, our ovaries and our testes do just naturally decrease production of hormones. So as we get older, it is more difficult to optimize those levels without um, supplementing um, with um, um, hormones. Now, let's realize too that you know the hormones that she's talking about sounds like to me – they are bioidentical hormones, so they're the same exact copy of hormones that we already have in our body. We just don't have enough of them. So a lot different than taking a pharmaceutical that um, you know has other type of effects in the body. So great question, Darcy. I hope we answered. Um, if we didn't, please uh, uh, feel free to comment some more. Yeah, one interesting fact people may not know is that when you do intermittent fasting, actually your home, your human growth hormone levels go up which is really important because as we know with aging, growth hormone goes down and it actually interferes with muscle mass and muscle bulk. So intermittent fasting, unlike any other form of um, you know, dieting, so a regular diet will cause, you know, um, whatever diet that is, you know, the, you know, the exercise more, eat less approach, growth hormone goes down. With intermittent fasting, actually your growth hormone goes up which is a very important finding. Well, and when we think about it, that just makes sense. I mean, if, if you're constantly in a phase of, of, you know, too much energy, you know, if you're eating all the time and you're storing all this fat, you don't want growth hormone, right? Your body says, I, I don't need growth hormone. I've got, I've got too much reserve already. So it's not a surprise that, you know, intermittent fasting would stimulate, um, um, growth hormone. And of course, you know, it makes insulin levels go down. And as you kind of mentioned, I think one of the the biggest problems we have in our healthcare system, it's not high glucose even, even though I get it, that's how we measure diabetes. But there are many diabetics that have not been diagnosed yet because their glucose is not high enough, but their insulin levels are sky high. We had a guy on our podcast that he weighed over 700 pounds and his insurance company would not pay for bariatric surgery because he didn't qualify for diabetes. His glucose wasn't high enough. I guarantee you, Dr. Merrick, if you measured that guy's insulin, sky high. Yeah, I mean, you know, what you say is absolutely true. I mean, there is this long period of pre-diabetes where yeah. people are insulin resistant, have high insulin levels, but normal glucose. Um, so that's really important. Um, so I think you just need to assume if you're overweight 
if you are a starch and glucose addict that you're insulin resistant. Right, right. And I'll say on the flip side too, that's why we can't use, you know, I mean, big pharma and our medical system is really good about um, finding a number that we can treat, i.e. glucose. Okay, if your glucose is over 100, you're diabetic. Or if your cholesterol is over 200, you know, you need a statin. We're really, really good at doing that because then we create drugs that people be on for the rest of their life. Um, but um, I use myself an example with the glucose one. My glucose runs about 110 on average. So a traditional you know, doctor that's not educated would say, well, you know, you're pre-diabetic. You measure my insulin level, it's less than three. I'm an endurance athlete, so I burn a lot of the glucose. And I wore a continuous glucose monitor before. And, you know, when I do my long five-hour rides on a bike, my glucose averages 140. So, you know, because I'm burning it. So you can't just look at one number and just treat a patient. But in, in, in medicine, that's what we do all the time. Oh, cholesterol is 201. You've got to have a statin. doesn't matter what your HDL is. doesn't matter what your triglycerides are. And in reality, those are, you know, or your insulin, those are more important when it comes to metabolic health. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we should be fixated by these blood tests. Uh, do what makes common sense. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, when it comes to cholesterol, uh, you know, the body makes cholesterol for a good reason. It needs it. There's an enormous amount of cholesterol in the brain and you need it. So this obsession with getting your cholesterol down is completely misfounded. It's a pharmacological hoax. I, I think the cholesterol thing is one of the biggest scams ever in medicine until what happened over the last three years. And if you follow the money on those drugs, cholesterol drugs were the biggest moneymaker ever until the last three years and we got some other drugs that came out, Yeah, you know? Um, so, I mean, you know, take that for what it is. And I think a, one of the good things that's happened over the last three years is people like yourself, people like me, even though I was already questioning stuff um, and, and just run the mill lay people that aren't even in healthcare. They've started questioning a lot of these things that are going on in healthcare. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, you know, what you say is absolutely true. You know, it's been a horrendous three years but I think it has shone the light on something which was there all the time, you know, the corruption, the lies, the deceit that, um, that's been propagated with regards to our health and well-being. So, you know, if there is a silver lining, this is what it is. And, you know, obviously for me, you know, it, it, you know going on this journey is what exposed, um, you know, the truth. Right. So as we wrap this podcast up, Dr. Merrick, tell us, tell us what you have a passion for. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think I've developed a question, a, a passion for knowledge and understanding and reading. I've, I've become, you know, you know, I used to read medical texts and journals. I can't read them anymore. I'm really interested in, you know, life and reading about life. And there's some really good books out there. So, and, you know, knowledge is power. The more you know, the more, the better decisions you can make. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, you know, especially with the internet now, you know, you have access to just so much information. You have to filter out what's good and what's bad. And, you know, go on this journey of um, self-enlightenment. 
That's right. Um, so what's the best way to get a hold of you if somebody has any questions? Yeah, probably through the FLCCC. You can go to the website and, you know, we have a whole number of portals and um, probably that would be the best way to, to get hold of me. You know, we have people who monitor our emails. So, you know, if someone has a question, that's probably the best way of getting hold of me. And in addition, you know, the website, you know, we're not selling anything. We, we, we're here to, you know, to empower people to provide knowledge, both practitioners and to lay public, the you know, the people. And so we have an enormous amount of uh, information that's out there. You know, last night we, we did a really interesting webinar with Dr. McCullough on sauna and sunlight and photobiomodulation. I saw that on there. You were just talking about that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, something I would never, ever have dreamed of in my lifetime. So, you know, that's, that's the cool thing is learning new things. You know, a dog, an old dog can learn a new trick. And um, yeah. that, that's, you know, what's so cool. So we have Dr. McCullough come up on our podcast here in about a month or so in early December. So listeners and viewers, stay tuned for that. Um, I'm super excited to have him on. One last question. I try to answer uh, most questions on the line. Um, so here's one. It's just kind of a comment um, from Darcy. I have seen positive changes with intermittent fasting and even lost some weight. I know I need to have a better diet. That's the hardest for me with a large family of teenagers who are pickier. I agree. Um, one thing I will comment about that is, um, first of all, you know, teenagers fall or kids in general, they follow what their parents do. So if we start eating healthy, they will eat healthy. I can, I have a personal health journey myself and change my family's, um, health because of that. So, um, and it can get tougher, but if they, it can be tough, but you know, generally we're the role models and, and they will follow us. And, and of course she says, thank you so much much respect for, for you both. So always awesome to hear. So, um, Dr. Merrick, I really appreciate you. I appreciate everything you've done, including changing your own personal health journey, because that is inspiring to others to realize, um, that it's possible to reverse a lot of these diseases and get off medication. So, um, thank you for doing that. And let's please stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Candy. And to Darcy, you know what, this must be a family event, you know, involve the family, do what you can try and, you know, teach your kids a, a healthy lifestyle. And I think it will, it will pay dividends for them, you know, years ahead. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Dr. Merrick. Stay tuned next week. Um, I'm not sure we have on Monday, but Monday at 1230, um, as always, we will be streaming live Pacific Northwest Pacific Standard Time. I'm not sure of our subject, but next week, do not miss our Friday episode because we will be with Dr. Amy Baird in um, Arkansas on nature therapy. And we will just kind of continue this conversation about how to stay healthy. So Dr. Merrick, thank you for all you do. I really appreciate you helped our goal of educating and empowering individuals to take charge of their own health. So thank you. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for all you do. Uh, it's good all right. to see you again. Thank you. Hey. Yep. Listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. I'm tuning in Monday, 1230 to 130, uh, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. Yeah.